Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Create your life. Create la tua vita. Create your life. Don't skip your life. You better create your life. <laughs> create your life. Create la vie. Create your life. Create your life. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and it is another amazing day. We have another amazing guest here in the studio with us. This gentleman pretty much needs no introduction if you've been paying attention to his movement and the things that he's been doing over the last couple years. But I want to let you know that this gentleman is known for hosting Duce Palooza, the dark liquor-driven day party that has turned into one of the biggest cross-country fests in America. And while his infectious energy and mystique personality is no front, offstage, he's a storyteller at heart. In the summer of 2016, he launched a podcast series called Trapping Anonymous, which captured the attention of listeners around the globe by highlighting the underground world. With no topic being out of bounds, he takes you on a journey through the lives of people that you typically wouldn't have the courage to start a conversation with. This experience of a road less traveled leaves you on the edge of your seat the entire time. And I can honestly say that I've listened to a couple of the episodes. So it was definitely captivating. I'm kind of like scratching my head the whole time and laughing. The ability to relate and candidly discuss things that wouldn't normally be said about is what sets this podcast and this gentleman apart from other hosts. And he received his bachelor's in communications from SUNY Old Westbury, where he pledged Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated and resides in Brooklyn, a city he knows and loves. Beautiful people, I'm talking about none other than Mr. Chris Styles Samuel. Chris, please say hello to the Great Life family. What is good? What's good? What's good? What's good, man? Everything good. Trapping Anonymous, Duce Palooza, the young legend, viral god. I'm in the building, man. What's up? Talking about young legend, viral god. Let's jump right in. Dude, the legendary, what is it, the dub? The legendary dub. Yeah, oh, tell us god. about that and what that means. That was two years ago. My friend had a birthday party in the city. I had pulled up so late, I remember, but I was just always the host at every event. I'm just pulled up, grabbed the mic, I'm doing my thing. My friend, Austin Mills, he had dropped Party Next Door's version of work, played the record. We all danced and vibing in there, but I guess the way we was dancing and I caught a dub, well, I don't know if your listeners know what a dub is. Yeah, if you're not from New York, explain to us what a dub is. Because I'm from the West. I've never heard this term until I came East. A dub is just like a grind, like a dance. When you're dancing with a young lady, just grinding in the club. And I guess the moves that she was doing, coupled with my personality, took that video all over the world. I remember the guy that had took the video, he didn't have so much of a following on social media at the time. Mm-hmm. He had posted a video and everybody was just like commenting on his page. And I'm like... <laughs> If I posted, everybody would comment on mine, too. I asked him to send me the video. I asked the young lady. I was like, can I post this? I, I want to post it in the morning. We're going to go viral. It's funny. I said that on the mic mm-hmm. right after. And I posted it. I had like 10,000 retweets in like 30 minutes. Okay. So I want to know straight from the gates. Tell us about growing up in Brooklyn and your journey to getting to where you are now. Brooklyn is just like 
any other tough place in the city in that urban environment. I grew up mother and father, but um, went to high school in like one of the worst high schools in Brooklyn, Cobble Hill at the time. They was threatening to shut that school down every time I turned around. I wanted to go to college. I knew I just didn't want to stay here. Mm-hmm. I just knew I did not want to be in New York City. I found a community college upstate. I ain't had no good grades. I couldn't go to no university. Mm-hmm. I ended up going to Fort Montgomery College right after high school. Went there, did a semester. was doing, like, really bad. Got, like, C's. My experience wasn't good. My sister was just like, come to my school, come to my school, come to my school. She went to Newport's at the time. Okay. And I'm just like, eh, nah, I'll just stay here. I'm cool. It's <laughs> like, Chris, it's so much fun. I'm like, please. I'm like, nah, I'm good. She's like, I'll buy you a ticket. I'm like, all right, I'll go. Okay. I went up there. I had the time of my life. Mm, is this over like a weekend or something like that? or It was like days? a homecoming over there. I had the time of my life. I said, well, this is what college is? What am I doing back at community college? Right, right, right. How do I get into one of these? I went back to school. I went to all the college fairs. I was in a library every day, man. I ain't party. I ain't do nothing. I had like a 3.4 GPA when I left. And I just said, I wrote to old Westbury. And i never forget, I was in a Pocono shop with my family. They had called me. I didn't even know what school I was going to go to for the next semester. I just knew I wasn't going to go back to there. And they had called me, said, you've been accepted. So, you know, I went there and we made it happen. Okay. Love that, man. So you essentially got your focus right and made that sacrifice. So how much time or how many semesters did you actually do in JUCO? I did one year. One year in JUCO. That first semester, like I told you, was really bad, but I got all my grades up for that next semester. Then I went to Old Westbury. My sister was always like, you a Kappa, you a Kappa, you a Kappa. I'm like, well, I don't even know what that is. When I went to Old Westbury, mm-hmm. Kappas had ran the yard. Yeah. So I was like, ah, yeah, they the cool people on the yard. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool too. But I know your reasoning for joining Kappa was deeper than them just being cool. What were some of the reasons why you decided that that was a journey you wanted to take? I just wanted to network. I don't have the cheesy answers. I didn't mm-hmm. have the cliche answers. Mm-hmm. I I didn't seek a brotherhood. You know, I had a brother all my life. I had good people around me. I wanted the network, and I know that the network was going to take me to the next level. Gotcha. I've always had this sense of discernment when it came to knowing what I have to do next. So I went there, did that, did what I had to do, pledged, came out on the other side. I started my own PR company in college, and I was just touring the East Coast. I was going up and down, throwing parties hosting events, but I just didn't want to be known as the guy that shimmies on women in different parties. I didn't want to right. be the 24-year-old trying to go to the freshman dorms, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I wanted more. Mm-hmm. So my DJ at the time, I was like, yo, Cash, how you do that mic thing? He was like, yo, here's the levels right here. Come in and out, engage mm-hmm. with the crowd. I was like, all right, let me try that. He's like, yeah. I started doing it, and people were, like, responding. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. Oh, I like this. Master ceremonies, right? Like, I was like, wow, like, that power, it meant so much to me. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you got to understand, I control people's emotions for the day. They could have been going through anything at that point in time. They could have had a horrible test. Something could have happened in their family. But for that small amount of time, you controlled how happy and your good energy was their good energy. So I was like, wow, I want to be the MC. This is what I want to do. And from there, I would host anywhere that had a microphone. Mm barbecues, you have, stroll shows, Yeah, because you have parties. a couple of staple, staple events that you do and that you've been doing for some time. You know, hey, you man. got Greekdom, you know what I mean? I was on Greekdom. I right. did the Step Correct. I did the Super Punch Outs. Right, I did right. the Pretty Nasties. I hosted everything at that point in time. If you knew Chris Styles, you knew me for hosting events. Right. Dream Team Noobs, they used to win every competition. I hosted the bus ride down to Atlanta. 
just because they had a microphone on the bus. That's a long ride, brother. Yeah, I had a friend, <laughs> a, a brother in the fraternity as well. Mm-hmm. He had this little party he threw called Henny Palooza. Mm-hmm. And I told him, like, yo, what's that? I think I could do that. Mm-hmm. And I come through. He was like more so in the industry side of things. I'm coming out of the college side. I wanted to transition. I didn't want to be the old guy on campus. He was throwing this event, and I went and I said, yeah, let me get this a shot. I stepped in that world. Shout out to Duce Palooza, formerly Henny Palooza. We had a lot of good people in a lot of good places. Rock Nation, shout out Rock Nation. Everybody over there, they said, we think that this is something that we could take on. And I started hosting Duce Palooza, and, you know, we're going in our sixth year. It's been a wild ride. 22 cities last That's year. That's what I was about to say. 12, 13 cities this year, you know. Boutique festivals we just did Made in America. We would have been at that Dreamville joint, but the storm had came through NC. So it's just been an amazing journey. A great run. So let me ask you this. How do you make sure that you're staying relevant? You're doing all of these things. You're on tour for X amount of years, six years in now. How do you make sure that you stand relevant and that you stand focused, man? I see you here. You fit. It looks like you're taking care of your body and stuff like that. What are some of your keys also to staying disciplined on the road? I think it's just about sleep. People don't understand how important that is, you know, keeping stress levels low. The number one killer to the human species is stress. Mm -hmm. That's how you get cancer. That's how you get all these diseases because people are stressed out. My parents' generation was hooked to crack. It's the crack era. The generation in front of me, the pill poppers, the Percocets, the lean, they doing all these kind of drugs. My generation is addicted to weed. Everybody's addicted to something. And they addicted more so because people are stressed out. Mm-hmm. They get Looking home. They need it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So sleep is so important and keeping the stress levels low. Mm. Mental health, right? Absolutely. Just knowing and being good, positive, positive energy, being in a positive space brings forth positive things. If I put in negative things out, I'm going to get that in return. So it's important to be positive, keep stress levels low, and sleep. Got you. You hear that, Create Your Life family? No matter how hard you grind, and if you're on these 30-city tours, 22, 13, make sure that you're getting your sleep and that you're putting out that positive energy. So, Chris, man, I want to jump right in about your podcast, man. You are doing amazing things with it. How did you come up with the name for it, and tell us what the name of it is? I was getting a massage in Cartagena, Colombia. <laughs> Not to sound bougie, but I say that for a reason. The reason I say that is because is it's the small opportunity, that small window that you have where your mind is completely clear. I don't have any phone service. We're always doing something. I don't know whether you're drinking, you're partying, having sex, you're working. You're just always doing something. Out there, my mind was completely clear. I had no distractions. As I'm laying there, I always wanted to document. I love the underworld. The underworld is something that was so appealing to me. Everything about it. I love crime. I grew up in it. Being from Brooklyn, like, these people were my friends. So I've always wanted to be able to document those things. And I remember podcasting was getting real hot at the time. And I was just like, wow, I think I could do that. I want to do the podcast too, but how would I? I don't want to just do current events. I don't want to just do what everybody's doing. I want to change the game. I said, I could document this. There's a conversation I'm having as I'm getting a massage. I could interview these people. They're my friends. Okay, I'll do it anonymous. Okay, I'll distort their voice. What am I going to call it? Trapping anonymously. Nah, that's not catchy. 
Trapping Anonymous, like an epiphany came to me. Trapping Anonymous, you get that on title, trappinganonymous.com. Trapping Anonymous was something that I could interview people in the underworld, strippers, prostitutes, pimps, drug dealers, drug addicts. I first wanted to do four episodes, limited podcast, four episodes only, and I'm only talking to scammers. I did four because I thought it was going to fail. And when it failed, I was just going to act like it never happened. The first day we dropped the episode, I'll never forget a bird had crapped on my head. And I was just like, thank you, God. I just knew at that moment this thing was going to change our lives forever. Mm -hmm. I'm not really the superstitious type. Put the episode out. I came home. I had 10,000 plays and I couldn't look back. Wow. That's amazing, man. 10,000 plays. That's a lot. That's hard to come by. And you said that was only a couple of years ago. With that being said... How did you find and engage your audience from the beginning? Or do you feel like they just found you? Because I feel like so, you had to have and be somebody also. Did you have a following before you dropped? Or did you publicize it? Like, I mean, I ain't really have much of a following. I mean, the legendary dub got me like 3,000 followers on IG, a couple thousand on Twitter. I wasn't really this prominent public figure at the time. But let me talk to you about the strength of a team. I had a team behind me. I had a team from the Palooza, La Palooza, you know what I'm saying? That's the family. Every time I drop, they retweet. Every time I drop, they repost. And we worked collective as a unit. So the same ways you see the Palooza pop from word of mouth and these wonderful things, it's like I was able to create something. And don't let me just fool you with just like the promotion, the content, the actual product had to be good. And it was. Speaking of a good content, man, I actually love the way you did the Farewell podcast, which is inspired by the Kanye West Last Call joint. So won't you raise your glass, won't you? Yeah. How did you come up with that concept? What was that episode about? You see this A&R from Rockefeller named Hip Hop. (laughs) (laughs) Nah. Kanye West, I stood online for the college dropout. So when you listen to the Farewell episode, transitioning from SoundCloud to Tidal, when I got to deal with Tidal, it was just this amazing transition. I said, I want to tell my story. I've always wanted to tell my story. I just didn't have a way to do it. And that transition from going independent to being aligned with a company, with a streaming service that values the artist, right? Mm-hmm. The creative They didn't compromise anything that I was doing on the creative end. They left the creative control to me. It was a no-brainer. Love it. And one thing that you talk about a lot is quality over quantity. You have 27 shows that you did over the last two years. That's essentially an unusual way of putting out the material in comparison to what's always being preached in the podcast game. That's nothing. Right. 27 in two years is nothing. I'm going to say that there's something, but people have higher numbers. But for you, you were able to carve out your own lane and secure a deal with Title. Walk us through your process of why you chose that route. And then also after that, I'll have another question for you. You turn the numbers off, man. You don't worry about whether you got 10 or 1,000. You do it because you love it. Trapping Anonymous was something I was doing because it's my passion in life. This was something I was genuinely interested in. This was something you didn't have to pay me. This was passion. What is passion? What could I do in this world absolutely for free and still be fulfilled? What could I do in this world absolutely for free and still be fulfilled? That was my passion. Traveling Anonymous is my passion. This is my life's work. And this is what I'm trying to explain to people. When you're doing it for the love and because this is what you was put on earth to do, everything else is going to work itself out. I spent my own money. I came back from Columbia. I bought an interface. I had a computer. I bought two mics and two stands. And I got it rocking in my mother's kitchen. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? That, That 
was the point where you realize, okay, this is my passion. This is something I'm supposed to be doing in life. Everything else is secondary. So once I put that into it, I got the same in return. Again, we're talking about putting things in and then getting those things out. So for me, I didn't have to drop a podcast every week. Podcast Wednesdays, people traditionally drop a podcast once every week, mm -hmm. right? That's four episodes a month. That's 48 in a year. Right? So I have 27 episodes in two years. And why do I preach on the quality over quantity? Because I have dozens of episodes still unheard. Mm -hmm. Just wasn't that good to me. They didn't hit the points that I wanted to hit. Mm. And you don't always get that on the first take. And you got to value that. You got to value the mistakes, right? Quality you got to value the fact that this is not good enough and mm -hmm. I have to come back harder. So there was times people wouldn't get episode for a month. Yeah. And they're just so frustrated with me. Man. And they was hitting you. Oh, they so upset. <laughs> and I just said, please, like, bear with me. Yeah. Bear with me. Like, I promise you, just trust me. I got you. And then I put an episode on, and they just like, wow, we need more. I never wanted to be a slave to the consumer. That's what ends up happening. They don't realize your fans, they love you so much. They love what you're doing so much. They don't even realize you got a job. You're getting up nine to five, and then I got to go on tour. Then I got to come back home, and I got family obligations, personal mm -hmm. life obligations. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, for me, I couldn't be able to, to do perform at that level every week. Yeah. But they appreciated me for it, and it ended up paying off because now I have a piece of content that's relevant 20 years from today. Everybody. 20 years from today, you're going to want to know how somebody was on the corner selling drugs. 20 years from today, you're going to want to know how the, the credit card scammers was getting to it, the check scammers was getting to it. Mm. This is timeless material. One it doesn't spoil. One thing that I love about your podcast is you distort the voices. And so you keep the integrity of the anonymous. Because to me, I'm like, dang, you're getting these people to come on here and basically dry snitch on themselves, right? So talk to us about that, how important that is, keeping your word and keeping the integrity of your show. Like you said, this will be relevant years from now. And I'm pretty sure there's probably some feds listening in on your joint as well. So, Look, man, it's trapping anonymous. It's only entertainment. Please don't get me indicted. That's my catchphrase. I say that. Every episode, it's only entertainment, man. I don't want no cops on my line. I don't want nobody. For all they know, I give my cousin a script. They read from the script. That's right. how we get the content. Love that. Now, listen, man. Honestly, integrity, all you have is your word in this world. Mm -hmm. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. They know I'm not providing them something just so I could be sensationalized and talk about them behind their back and post it to blogs. I'm doing it for their education. What could we teach people? How can we bring other people to the next level, next stage of their life with our content, with our conversations? How do you feel like you're doing that, bringing people to the next stage of their life with your content? You feel like you're providing insight? Are you telling them what not to do? How is that? I'm doing everything, right? I'm doing everything because you might listen to Cocaine Anonymous and it might make you want to do drugs. So be it. It might deter you from drugs. So be it. My job is to provide information. It's not to bash anyone's lifestyle or how they're living. It's not my job to do that. My job is if you're going to do it, mm -hmm. this is how you do it. Right. If you're going to do it, this is what happens to people that do it. It's just information. Mm -hmm. And you're going to take that information and get these conversations that you want to know these things. It's so taboo. HIV anonymous, you know what I mean? Credit score anonymous. So now we put the medicine in the candy, right? Mm hmm we walk away from the underworld and now we're talking about how to build your credit score, mm -hmm. how to secure a loan, mm -hmm. how to 
start your own business, how to start your own LLC. Right. Now we're talking about things that's going to really push you to that next level in life. Whether that next level is the next game you're going to do, the next pole you're going to slide on, Stripper Anonymous, or the next business you're going to own. Right, the next venture. So I want to ask you this before we cut to a break. You're a guidance counselor also. Right. How do you balance that? You're going on tour. You got Trapping Anonymous, the podcast. You got your social life. You got your family obligations. Mm-hmm. And then you also teaching and building up the youth, man. How are you balancing this? Well, give us some tips, at least three of the Chris Styles way of doing this. I'm Batman. During the day is one thing. Nighttime is another. But the balance comes because you never stop your passion. When you get up and you go to work, when you put one sock on, you put the other sock on, you never stop your passion. When you're sitting at work, I know you're thinking about a million other things. I know you're working on a million other things. You keep working diligently. Like, yeah, it's going to be in increments. Yeah, it's going to be little bit by bit. But guess what? That turns into a hole eventually. I got there because I was able to balance the two. Because when I'm at work, I still work on my hobby. You know what I'm saying? When I'm in church, I'm still working on my hobby. When I'm walking down the block, I'm still working on my hobby. I'm always constantly working on the thing that I love the most, the thing that's going to change my life. It's not just about waking up, quitting your job, and following your dreams, right? It's about calculated risks, not just risks. You're not going to just jump off the cliff. It's going to make sure things are secure before you make that leap. Mm. Secure it first. Secure it along the way. But after you put that time in, lo and behold, it's going to happen. And so for you, you grew up in Brooklyn. You got basically different types of things going on for you in your environment. Sisters like, yo, come to my college. So you got some solid people around you. Of course. How did you keep your head on straight, would you say, primarily when you got all of this stuff going around you? You in love with the underworld. It don't seem like you were part of the underworld. So how did you keep your head on straight and how are you continuing to do so, being that you have all of this information that you're getting from anonymously? The first time I tried to do a scam... I was about 18 years old, 19 years old, tried to do a scam. Mm-hmm. I got arrested for mistaken identity. I never spoke about this on there. The day for I was sure. going to to put the money down for a crime, for a scam that we was going to eventually pull off a week from that day, mm-hmm. that same day, mm-hmm. I got arrested because I fit the description of a robbery. Wow. And I spent three days in the bookends. Got released on R and R. Went back to school. Came back home for Thanksgiving break, and they arrested me again for another robbery in my house for mistaken identity because I fit the description. Wow, that isn't just that was the universe talking to you. Come on, we can't just keep ignoring the signs, right? Right now, that's real. Those are the the good signs mm-hmm. and the bad signs. Mm-hmm. We can't ignore them. How do you stay away? You don't ignore the signs when they come. They listen. Hey, all right, cool, cool, cool. I'm gonna chill. I'm gonna chill. I got my money. Yo, man. Let, let me get my money back, bro. He, he still owe me a hundred dollars. <laughs> still owe me a hundred, but hey, man. But he can Save keep you. that right. for what it's saving me, right? Worth, right? <laughs> nah, definitely. And I appreciate that. Create your life family. You're hearing it first from Chrissy saying, make sure that you pay attention to the signs and also, you know what I mean? Follow your passion. Do what it is that you want. You see, we asking these great questions, so we getting these exclusives. He said he never talked about that on there. But what we're gonna do, man, is we're gonna have a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Podcast Laundry, a podcast editing service that gives podcasters more time to be creative by handling the dirty work of editing and all of the -the behind-the-scenes work that podcasters hate. If you're a podcaster, check out our services and purchase a package today. Spend more time doing what you love and let Podcast Laundry do the dirty work for you. Visit PodcastLaundry.com for more information. 
Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and we are back with Mr. Chris Style Samuel. He is dropping game on us, telling us about his podcast, how he's grown it so much, following your passion, and definitely listening to the signs to make sure that you can create your best life. Chris, before we left, we talked about sticking to the signs and staying out the way, essentially, is what I'm going to call it. It's game-recognized game. I want to know, what are the top three things that you feel like you've learned from your anonymous interviews for your podcast? Put him on the spot, y'all. People, they'll always find a way to justify their lifestyle, right? Mm. Something that they're doing, whether they feel like it's good, bad, or indifferent, they will always find a way to justify what it is that they're doing. Like I said, it's not my job to say whether it's right or wrong. It's just the information part about it. But, like, I've noticed that people will always justify whatever it is. Another thing I've noticed was people never realize how therapeutic it is to sit back, reflect, and verbally, out loud, talk about themselves. Every guest has hit me after and was just like, they would just be like, wow. Every guest, thank you. Thanking me. I'm like, nah, thank you. Like, you just, thank you. Like, I didn't even know I was holding on to so much of that stuff. Mm. The amount of psychology that goes into a regular conversation. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the conversation about someone's life, I think is powerful. The psychology, like the ins and outs Mm -hmm. of like who people are and having a conversation and making sure you're not being too much, too little, just being on par and still keeping the treatment for an episode and getting your point across is a difficult, very difficult thing. It's funny that you say that because a lot of times people... They think that podcasting is so easy, but when you get on, you are literally curating a show. And as the host, you, of course, emceeing, and you talked about that earlier, man, you are creating a masterpiece within this conversation. You have to surprise people and ask them questions that actually make them come alive and become vulnerable in that moment and in that conversation. Absolutely. That's how you know if you're a good interviewer or not, or a good show producer or whatever side you're on when it comes to getting the content out. That's how you know. Those special moments. So, Chris, walk us through actually obtaining your deal with Tidal for your podcast. Because y'all are one of the first, right? There are other podcast shows on Tidal, but it's not like something that they don't have 20 different podcasts. You know what I mean? It's it's very selective. Mm -hmm. It's very on point with what they have and their vision. I met this young lady on a rooftop for the July weekend. Just had a natural conversation. Nothing came from it. We all exchanged Instagrams. I probably didn't hear from the girl in like three months. And then she calls me to have an interview at Power 105. And I'm just like, how do you even know anything about Power 105? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I work here. I'm like, nice. Like, what? Seriously? Her Instagram. She doesn't even have a picture of herself. And this is what I try to preach to people. Like, you got to really be careful with the people that say they got to do this and they can do that. Mm-hmm. And they working with this person. They working with that. The real people that are doing that, they don't want you to know. Right. Because they don't want everybody in their ear. The people that are really on those paths, that's not going to be the first thing out their mouth. Mm-hmm. So you got to really be careful, especially in New York, because you have a lot of that. Mm-hmm. So after meeting her, she hit me up. I was like, wow, okay. I had a meeting. It went well. I got a lot of insight from a lot of great people up at power didn't speak to her again for another four months then she hit me up like hey i want you to do an interview at title i said for what 
Right. How do you know anybody at Titles? Like, oh, I worked there. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Why don't you ever tell me these things? Like, I, right. I think I would probably benefit from knowing these things at some capacity. Right. And She's throwing alleys, and you ain't even knowing. And this again, this is just about the people that are actually doing the work. They ain't talking about it. So I sat there with the VP. Shout out the VP of content over there, Title. And, I mean, he just loved the concept. He loved it. You know what I mean? Like, he hugged me on the way out. Like, congrats. And I was like, what? Like, word? We don't do this? It's like, yeah, I believe in it. I think it's great. And got to deal with title. Nice. Now, of course, there was a lot of hard work that went into that, right? Sometimes we can make it seem like, yo, you know what? I just met this girl, and that's how it happened. Talk to us a little bit about behind-the-scenes work that had to take place, right? You still doing Trapping Anonymous during the seven months that it sounded like it took seven, yeah. eight months, right? So you're still working. But you, two years. I've been doing traveling house for two years. Right. And so during the time of this deal, Create Your Life Family, I just want y'all to understand that he did not stop what he was doing, even though he was getting these interviews. Right. You know, he was still doing the work and still going to his nine to five job, sometimes nine to seven, pursuing another passion at the same time. So it's really about that work that sometimes it gets rewarded immediately. Sometimes it takes a while. He kept getting hit with these interviews that he wasn't aware of mm. at that time. So super, super important. What do you feel like you wish you knew before becoming a podcaster? You know what's funny? I don't even really consider myself a podcaster. Because I know there's a lot of people that get on there every week, and they make sure they drop every week, twice a week, all of these. I don't want to take anything from their grind. And, you know, not to say that I don't work equally as hard, but I still don't consider myself a podcaster. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I just provide dope interviews. Okay. What has been the biggest personal challenge that Chris had to overcome in order to be who he is today? Patience. People don't understand. We live in an instant gratification society. We think, oh, I put in the work. It's time. I did this. It's been five years. It's been 10 years. I've been hosting for eight years. And doing tours. They said it takes 10 years within your craft to be the master of it, to become the master of it. I've been doing my podcast for two years Mm -hmm. to complete a goal. To complete something, it takes two years. Look these things up. It takes two years. I put in the work consistently for two years. Patience was the hardest thing. I had the conversation with Title. Still took two months for the deal to even dry. Yeah. You got to be patient. It'll come. Keep working. Stop thinking it's supposed to on your time. It's God's time. Right. Create your life family patience. And y'all heard it, you know, when I was talking about getting that deal and getting serious to come on board with us. It took seven, eight months, but we had been shopping it for a year, year and a half. So that patience. Preach, man. I'm sure your phone is blowing up now on a consistent basis. How do you decide who you pick up the phone for? I try not to diss people, you know. I don't really believe in that. Whether you got an interview at a local radio station or I got an interview at Ebro in the morning. Like, I really do not believe in playing people. Uh That's just not it for me. Like, Right. So it's not like, oh, I'm unreachable. Yeah, everybody, I ain't never going to talk to y'all again. Forget y'all losers. I'm off to the big, you know. Nah, I don't don't move like that if it has value, which I feel everyone does. If it has value, I'll hear you out. I'm not at a level of like, talk to my assistant like you can talk to me like you can hit me up if you have that's where I get a lot of my ideas from that's where I get a lot of my interviews from I have to be with the people my gift in life it wasn't to dribble a basketball it wasn't like sing or dance or do any of that it was literally people so I'm gonna always need people so you kind of gauge it after that conversation the initial conversation but I try to give people that conversation I appreciate that I respect that who has been your biggest champion in being on the road to where you are now my sister. 
Okay. The one that told me to pledge, the one that told me come to her school, the one that told me I was a Kappa, the one that told me Trevor Anonymous was a phenomenal idea, the one that's in my life till today that I speak to every day. Is this the big sister? Big sister. Shouts out to the big sisters out there. What advice would you give to others looking to be like you and following uh, similar successes you've had? Be better, man. Be better. Don't be like me. Be better. Take things from my story. Take things that I'm saying to you and apply that because I was able to apply that from people older than me so that I can make some different steps in different ways and be better. Take this, apply it, use other people, get role models, get mentors, find people that are going to sit there and they're going to tell you, hey, listen, this is how I did this or here's a way you can learn that and always find mentors and have people in front of you and they're going to really help you and just use your own discernment. Just figure out what's best for you and always think for you and things like that. So, so far, what we've talked about, it seems like everything's been on the up and up. But I know that where there's good, there's sometimes some bad. So for you, how did you handle naysayers and how do you currently handle naysayers who might have been hating or might not have been your biggest fans on your way up and on your rise? And were you prepared for it? Was it public? Was it private? I had a girl tell me senior year of college. She was just like, Chris, what are you going to do? Host parties for the rest of your life? You need a backup plan. Mm. And I was just like. What? I was so offended. I was like, wow, I need a backup plan. And what I didn't realize, it was just her own fears of things that she has never seen done, things mm -hmm. she's never did. I've been on tour for five years, throwing a party, mm -hmm. right? Joke's on you, but no. Even though I do find joy in just like the gotcha moment, mm -hmm. it's really just about taking what they're saying, mm -hmm. internalizing why they're saying that, or why do they believe that, and understand where that place is coming from for them. Because that doesn't necessarily have to harbor on you. Mm -hmm. That has something to do with them. So that's motivation, man. It's all motivation. Because they get to see me now and they just be like, yo, my bad. Mm, that's powerful. Other than consistency, what would you say has been at least two or three of the biggest things that have helped you to get to where you are now? Passion. Do something because you love it. Do something because you would do it for free. Money is not the only form of currency. Mm-hmm. Money is not the only form of currency. Don't think because you're not getting paid. That doesn't mean go out and do stuff for free. Put your work in until you could get to the point where you can negotiate and say, no, I'm not doing that. No, it's going to cost you this. This cannot be negotiated. Got you. I love that. What are some tips that you would give to others to help them protect and grow their personal brand like you have? Quality over quantity. Don't look at it as how much I could do. Think about what is the value in what I'm doing? What is the value in it? You understand what I'm saying? Value is determined by no. By no? By no. K-N-O-W or N-O? N-O. Can you expand on that? Just basically, my value is going to be determined by what I'm willing to walk away from. Very true. I like that. So, question for you. If you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing? Is there like any type of career or And this is what I meant to tell to the young lady back in college. There's no plan B for Chris Styles. Like, there is no other thing that I could be doing. And that's why it's working. Because the off chance I am doing plan B, mm -hmm. it's a good thing plan B was plan A. Right. You understand what in. I'm saying? Absolutely. That's how I live. All there is mind. no other way I can't see like other people see. Mm -hmm. I can't think about that security. I've never had that. I've never thought about it like that. It's either this or this. This is what I would be doing. Sorry. Nah, it's all love. I appreciate the passion that you just expressed right there in that moment because that's essentially what it's all about. What does your peer group look like? Like, who's around you? Entrepreneurs, 
Trappers? What? You don't want to know the people around me, man. My group is just a hub of success. That's important, bro. If like, just for the sake of them, I don't even like talking about like what they do. Mm -hmm. I was forced to make Trapping Anonymous. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to just be the Palooza host. Right. So yeah, they made you step your game up. So you Everybody obviously... outside of the Palooza, it's like they call us the Avengers because everybody is literally that powerful mm -hmm. within what they're doing in their individual life. Respect. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That powerful. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to sit up here and brag about these are my friends and these are the people I talk to every day. The core family, the people around, if you were in a room with 10 billionaires, mm -hmm. you'll be the 11th one. Right. Surround yourself with like-minded individuals and people that you want to be like and people that not just want to be like you. So my next question to you, Chris, is can you swim? Of course I can. Okay. I'm asking because we're about to jump into the dolphin tank. Oh, okay. Got you. That was a nice so. way of... <laughs> so this is rapid fire questions, man. So you know what I mean? You ready? I'm ready. All right, cool. What are your goal setting methods and how do you make sure that you're growing each year? I'm not like those people that say, oh, you got to have a vision board. And I've been practicing a secret for 10 years. But like, I'm not one of those people that has to sit there and visually see it every day that I wake up and say affirmations and just down and third. I have goals. I just stick to them. I've always been a person that if I say that I'm going to do something, then I'm going to do it, which is very rare. And I recognize that it's rare. Mm -hmm. So I don't just recommend people to do it my way. Right. The way I do it is very rare. And it's the way that you do it. You know what I mean? It's your individuality. I respect that. Personally, I do both. I'm a man of my word. If I say that I do it, then it's done. But also, I definitely do those affirmations every single day. What was holding you back from creating your best life? Fear. Top tech that you're using to make your business run smoothly? A computer, microphone, interface. Okay. If someone could come into your business right now and help you with one thing that you're having challenges with, what would it be? They already have. There's no challenges in your business at all? Everything is straight? Give me a pool of guests and I'll get to pick throughout those pool of guests that I want. So somebody coming in and helping you find the guests that you want? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So that sounds like an admin, an assistant? Maybe. All right, cool. Favorite quote or motto that you live by? We the willing, led by the unknowing. <laughs> I mean, we have done so much with so little for so long mm -hmm. that I am now equipped to do anything with nothing at all. Indeed. Favorite or most impactful book that you've read? I don't read. Okay. And I hate to say that because it's automatically associated with all leaders read and not every reader is a leader, whatever. I get it. We have information at our fingertips at all times. If I want to research something, if I want to know about something, if I want to learn something. If we had this kind of information back then, people wouldn't be so gun-ho about reading. They wouldn't. This information that we have now is something that has never, ever been accessible. I don't have to sit there and read an entire 400-page novel and get the information from that novel and then assess it the way I want to assess it. I could go to YouTube and there'll be a video about it. I could spark notes. I could get it paraphrased. I could get the general points. I get it. But I'm just sorry. I'm too fast-paced. I feel you. And I understand exactly what you're saying. The only reason why I'm going to push back is because you might not be reading books, but you're reading. Mm -hmm. You're literate. So oh, yeah, you're, yeah. you're comprehending. You're reading emails and things like that. Yeah, so yeah. I don't even yeah. like watch TV. Like, I, don't, I do not watch TV. Yes. I don't watch shows. If I'm watching a movie, it's a documentary. Everything is information for me, too. Right. So, that's so you, you're learning. You're just using different outlets outside of books. Which is okay. Yeah. No, I respect. Yeah. I love that. What are three jewels that you would tell someone looking to create their best life? Don't care. People are led by fear. And don't ask for advice. Get advice from people and seek mentors. But, like, 
Don't care. One, two, fail. Be quick to fail. The faster you are to fail, the faster you are to learn. Do not be afraid to fail. Be quick to do it. Hurry up, get it out the way, and keep it going. Third is do what you love, whatever that is. Do what you love. Find your passion in life. Find that thing that you'll do for absolutely free, and you do it with every fiber in your body. What's next for you? I'm somewhere between speaking it into existence, and I don't want to jinx this. (laughs) I'm ready to give my craft 100% of me. Okay, so you're going to jump right out 100%. I'm ready to give my craft 100% of me. Love that. And what's the best way for us to stay in contact with you? Chris Styles, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y-L-E-Z-Z. That's one S, two Zs. Chris Styles on Twitter and Instagram. Google Trapping Anonymous. Google what we do. Go to title. Stream that. Check that out. Check those episodes out. Get that information. Soak it in. Let me know how you feel about it. Email me. Do it all that. You can catch me on social media. I have three months free of title if you look in my bio on Instagram or Twitter. So if you want three months free of title, you find that. I got the code in my bio. You can take that and use that. Okay. So, Chris, we've reached a point in the interview. It's called the turnaround. And so what that means is that you become the interviewer. I become the interviewee. You used to interviewing people. So this is going to go pretty smoothly, I'm sure. I just got one request. Mm-hmm. Please be gentle. No. <laughs> All right, man, I'm all yours. Whatever you ask me, I got to answer. What's the hardest part of your process? Humility. Describe it. Going in and having to submit on a consistent basis. Okay. It would also help was that I grew up in foster care for almost 18 years. So it was just living that over again. Towards the end, it was on site for whoever. Okay. What was one thing that you would go back in life and change? I had the opportunity to go play basketball overseas and I didn't take it. So I would probably reconsider that opportunity. I think we all have an opportunity. I think we all get a chance, mm-hmm. all of us. We all get a shot. Do you think you would be here if you wasn't, if you had took the basketball route, do you think you would? Probably not. I don't know who I would have been. Like I lived in London for a while. I came back and I love traveling mm-hmm. and love experiencing just new things in different cultures. So I would probably, man, I don't know what path I would be on right now. He's 35 years old. 34. 34. I'm sorry I didn't mean to age you. What? (laughs) Why are you not married? Because I think that I wasn't mature enough to be married. I can admit that, honestly. And I felt like there were some things that I needed to work through before committing my life to somebody else and then having a family as well. The woman that got away. Uh, Describe her. She's 5'10", very kind, sweet, intelligent, and committed to... Actually, she was committed to my success Mm. and committed to her own and classy. I was too immature at the time. You say you grew up in foster care. Do you harbor any resentment towards your birth parent? Resentment? Not necessarily resentment, but we don't know each other. In one light, I used to because it's like you grow up in this situation that just sucks every day. Like you grow up hating your life every day. However, depending on how you deal with the situation, I am who I am today. So had I not been in that situation, then I wouldn't be this version of Kevin. So I have to be thankful for that. But that was a very, very unideal situation that I think you essentially have to be crazy in order to survive. So you're crazy. Aren't we all? Artistically, I would say. Okay. I could just keep going? Yeah. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So like growing up in that kind of environment, I don't think it's conducive to any child. Have you ever sought your parents? Have you ever looked for them? Have you ever... Mm -hmm. 
you've just never found them? No, I know who my biological mother is. I met her. I mean, I, I've always known who she was. It's just that she was on dope. Like you said, we grew up in the crack era. Yes, so did. she was on dope when I was coming up. And then my dad, I didn't find out who he was until like a month before I graduated college. And like, so I'm in contact with his family, but he had passed when I was like nine. Describe the encounter with your mom. What do you mean? When you met her. I met her as a kid, but very early on, I understood that she didn't care for me like how I see some other people's parents care for them. And I understood that I wasn't immediately a part of like what her immediate responsibilities were or she felt that they were. So it just became a situation where it was like, okay, you don't care about me, then I don't care about you. And so I have to go on and create my life. That's part of the reason why the show is Create Your Life. At a very early age, I understood if I was going to be anything or if I was going to do anything, then I had to Looked inside, and I was the only person that I had to depend on. Were you within the system, or you had, like, false appearance? I had multiple homes. I stayed in nine different homes before I was five. Wow. Where'd you stay the longest? In this one foster home with the woman named Mary Jackson. I stayed there for about seven years. No, I stayed there for six years, from five to 11 days, 12 days before I turned 12. So that was probably, like, six years and three months. Do you have kids now? No. Why not? because I wanted to be responsible in what I did with my family and my offspring and everything. So I've just been very intentional about that. I would never want to put anybody in a position similar to what I grew up in. Nobody should grow up like that. That's all I got. All right. Well, Create Your Life family, appreciate you, Chris, man, for being here on the show. You killed it, bro. And you definitely got real with those questions. I haven't been grilled like that. So I appreciate you, man. Chopping Anonymous, man, Chris Styles. You know what it is. Sony Entertainment, please don't get me indicted. We are not here by mistake. We are here by design. The young legend, the viral god, Duce Palooza. You know what it is. All right. Well, Create Your Life family, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes and Stitcher and rate and review us. That helps us build the community, and building the community is what we are all about. Shout out right the title, now. man. Yeah, shout out the title. And so, you know, delivering as much value as possible is what we are about. So until next time, create your life and feed your ambition. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Create your life. Create vita. Create your life. On skip your liver. You better create your life. <laughs> Create your life. Create la vie. Create your life. Create your life.